0: Max flows
1: About is Inter seventy seven, and we're looking forward to talking about all things bullet holes and ping pong's here on this episode. And with me to talk about how damaging a bullet hole, a bullet hole wound to the shoulder would be when you're trying to play a game of ping pong <laughs> is Corey and steven What's up, guys?
2: Don't oh, know much, man. I had to just search every nook and cranny. Uh, to find my notes for this episode here, and get prepared. I have to search every <laughs> nook, <note in> cranny.
1: <laughs> Stephen Howard is not very good at that. <laughs> no, he's no he, he he's good at playing chess and blowing things up. Uh-huh. But
3: uh, so. I, I'm doing pretty good over here. Other than I, I got this weird, dirty cat just kind of staring at me. I don't really know what to make of it. He looks kind of familiar. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what's going on with this cat I don't oh that
1: that darn cat no pun intended uh but hey listen guys if you want to check us out we're so glad we we're gonna talk this episode but if you want to find us you guys know where we're at we're on all over twitter uh, we're on instagram we're on facebook uh we have a discord uh go to retrosapp.com for all of those discord um notes and ideas uh i am on twitter though if you do want to find me at the dc mike steven where are you at on twitter
3: i am at lucky 13 steve
1: all right and Corey,
3: how about you
2: i am
1: at original mav
3: all right all right good
1: deal and something that's not original is this episode so let's go ahead and dig into enter 77 steven give us take us away tell us a little bit about this episode
3: Alright, this is uh, episode 11 of season 3 First aired March 7th, 2007 um, Directed by Stephen Williams Written by Carlton Cuse and Damon Lindelof um, Locke, Saeed, Kate, and Danielle Find a communication center Another Dharma initiative station called The Flame oh. In an isolated cabin in the woods As they capture the Russian sentry Mikhail Bakunin who claims to be the last surviving member of the Dharma Initiative. But Saeed immediately suspects that Bakunin is not who he claims to be. Saeed recalls his past while residing in Paris, France, when he was invited to work as a chef at an of an Iraqi restaurant, but actually he had been recognized as a torturer of the wife and owner. Meanwhile, Sawyer plays a ping-pong game against Hurley to try to win back his possessions, and loses. That's
2: right. Oh, I, I like nice that, that it's... I like that it's March 7th, 2007, and the episode is Enter 77. 7 It's good. I believe
1: that was intentional. Had to be. Had to be. Uh, just a couple episode facts. There's not many for this one. The man they encounter at the Flame station is named Mikhail Buchanan, which is actually the name of the 19th century Russian political theorist who was very influential in the development of anarchism in his political movement.
3: I, I gotta say, I don't know. We don't talk enough. I think about just how many name, like just how good they were at naming their characters. You know, there's a oh, meaning yeah. behind every. They're all named yeah. after philosophers. You know, theory, all kinds of things. They're really, kind of fun little Easter eggs in this show.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, the last bit of episode, uh, kind of a fact, is the two chess games shown are taken from Tall Larson Candidates Tournament 1965 and Karpov-Kosparov 1985 Moscow World Championship match. However, both have been slightly altered.
2: Interesting, right? Uh, chess trivia there.
1: <laughs> For all of our chess it's- listeners. <laughs>
2: Uh, it's a little ironic that mikhail is named after an anarchist and <laughs> he is like so committed that he's willing to uh, kill himself for this uh, you know, group he works it's, for it's but anarchy man so uh any, anyways very uh, it's a lot of interesting nuggets we're gonna have. That are just, that's just like buried in the text of this episode, like going to the flame. It's so great. So uh, before we do that, just uh, checking on the days on the island. So far, uh, we are up to day 79, another seven, right? Of course. And we have, get ready for the episode, our Previously Unlost, just like the name of our podcast, boom, boom, boom. what uh, Previously Unlost segment here, what happened right before the episode starts. Ooh, I scrolled down and away. Okay. So first, the others bring the survivors to the Paula Ferry and send Hurley to give the message to the rest of the survivors. This is a nod to uh, Ms. Clue. Mm-hmm. At Echo's funeral, Locke notices an inscription on Echo's Jesus stick. Lift your eyes and look north. John 305. Uh, then Kate insists to save, uh, on saving Jack. And finally, Locke, Locke's team is watching the Pearl orientation video, and in another screen they see a man with an eye patch. I believe he says something like, Well, I guess he'll know we're coming. Yep. So that, that. Uh, really sets up I mean, come on. Eye patches, they're, they're fantastic. Sets up this this one of a kind character. R matey. Arr.
1: <laughs> Yar. It's really guys, I am so tired right now. This is gonna be a great episode. I don't know half the stuff I'm probably gonna say. Speaking of stuff I don't know what to say about, let's talk about Saeed's flashbacks. This is a Saeed centric episode, and obviously we have some flashbacks of him. And uh, what did you guys think of the the, the flashbacks um, before I give my critique of it? Well
2: just really quickly, is just kind of a I just want to state this as a overarching statement i think this is a very underrated episode well we'll decide by the end who likes it if we all like it i'm not sure i haven't seen everybody's rating but i do think not that this is going to be like on somebody's top 10 but i think this is kind of like a forgotten episode people remember more the encounters like when they get to the barracks and all these other things it's just this is kind of just like fixed in the middle of the season and i think I think it's a, a very good episode. I used to forget about this one, and then it became kind of just like a special favorite episode of mine. You know, sometime in one of my rewatches, I really uh, came to love this episode. So, But uh, let's get into the, the flashback, right?
1: <laughs> well, since si- since since we're there, we, I might as well put it out there. Uh, this is absolutely one of my least favorite flashbacks of the series. <laughs> um, not kind of on the opposite side of this. i and that's not to say the show, the episode's not under overrated or underrated or anything. Um, my my issue, it's not as bad as some of the flashbacks we've seen or are gonna see, <clears throat> i.e. Thailand, uh, Jack's tattoos. But it's 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 not as bad as that. But I feel like the flashback doesn't really do anything for the story except. Saeed recognizes a cat looks the same and he remembers his time. (laughs) He got beat up for, um, a bad, uh, chicken parm. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's that the rest of the episode is great, but it's not one of my favorite flashbacks. Doesn't mean it's terrible. It's just not, it's like, I could do without it.
3: I I gotta say, I I think I'm kind of along the same lines. it's one. It's probably my least favorite Saeed flashback. Yes. Um, so yeah, I mean, not one of my least favorites of the series, but and what I think I didn't like about it is Saeed just seemed out of character this episode, like in multiple ways. Like he had the inclination that something was wrong when he first had the meeting with the with the um, the owner of the restaurant who was giving him a jet. Ge- like, he knew something was wrong, but he still went. And Saeed usually, you know, has a plan. But it kind of seemed like he just believed, you know, like he fell for the the guys, you know, convincing him to come in for the job. And it just, that didn't seem like something Saeed would do. And, like, he seemed like he was genuinely surprised when he got kind of jumped there at the restaurant. That's not usually Saeed. And... I just I don't understand what Saeed was doing this episode like he lied for a long time and then he finally told the truth like he just I don't know what he was going for like did he, did he really think this lady didn't know him and he could get away with lying and saying it wasn't him like I just I didn't under I didn't think Saeed acted like Saeed this episode.
1: One out. Did, did did you think he actually told the truth, or do you think he said that just to appease her so they'd stop beating the crap out of him? I
3: I, th- I thought that he, yeah. he that he told the truth. Finally, like, he told she, the truth she at the end. Pretty, she seemed pretty sure it was him. So I, I don't know. Okay. Did you did you not? Did you do you think I mean
1: he... I I kind of I could kind of pick up hints on both ways. Every time I've watched this episode, I'm like, okay, oh yeah, he's definitely telling the truth. But I've also watched this episode and thought he just lied his way out of getting hurt even more. So I mean, I could see it both directions and cause he is he is a very good interrogator and a very good persuader. So I think if he does it right, he could persuade her and 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 you know, just despairs life in a way, so not that he did, I just I don't know I got to go either way on it
2: I think that to answer kind of what Stephen was saying at first, I think he lies because in his mind, if this man finds out that he really tortured his wife if, he, if if Sayid admits it, he's going to be killed. That's what I think. Said goes. There's no value in me telling the truth. There's. I'm not going to get anything out of this. So I. It's better off for me to plead innocence and to lie and hope that somehow I can just stall, stall, and maybe Said can get his way. I mean, we know Said is fantastic at hand-to-hand combat, as we're going to see later in this episode. So Said is just biding his time (laughs) for when he can try to do something, and. I think his plan was probably to fight his way out eventually, but he he definitely doesn't want to tell the truth to that guy. Now, you know, at the end he shows remorse. So,
0: yeah. Okay. I mean,
1: I mean, I could I I could see that, but I mean, is there anything else really that that we want to talk about in? in the flashback though. I know it sounds bad, but I'm like, there's, well, there's really not. I mean, he was a chef. He got off another job. He got beat the crap up because he tortured
2: somebody. And
3: well, I agree. <laughs> we didn't let you guys
2: uh, give your criticisms. And then I was going to give my defense of it. Okay. Go for it. <laughs> let's, let's, let's defend the flashback. Okay. So I will stand for this flashback here. I will say, first of all, this flashback is very concise. You know, I used to to kind of think the same thing. There's actually only like a few scenes and they're all really short. So there's been a lot of flashbacks in season three that have kind of been a drag or they've been depressing and they've also taken up a lot of screen time too. But this flashback, I swear it's so short. There's barely anything to it, which, you know, gives us a lot of good time because there's a lot of stuff that happens at the flame. So you know we got saeed he's he's uh you know going hard as a chef he gets captured blah, blah. i mean that part's not that interesting horrible job interview is uh S- stephen wrote later in the notes <laughs> worst worst job interview ever you get jumped and tortured but what i do like about this is i do feel like it makes sense in a storytelling way for Said's character because Said was a torturer yet Saeed has been presented as a good person, as a good character, uh, you know, or he has good character, he has good intentions, even though he tortured, and he, we have that scene of him torturing Nadia. It only makes sense that someone from his past, who is one of his victims, comes back and says, "Like you ruined my life. Even if Saeed was forced into torturing, which we saw, we kind of saw Saeed's perspective yep. of how he was not really wanting to be a torturer, he was kind of forced into it. But now we get someone else's perspective saying, you know, I am afraid anytime I go out in public, anytime I do, um, you know, I walk around a corner, I'm I'm looking behind my back and, you know, the first like chunk of it doesn't do a whole lot for me, but I think that that final scene is very emotional. I find it very impactful. Her little speech about how she found the cat and the cat, uh, was in a box, you know, kids put, kids put the cat in a box of firecrackers and it's so afraid of everything and it will sleep with her and purr, but then every once in a while it'll, it'll scratch out of, out of fear because it forgets that it's safe. And I think that that is a story that can resonate with a lot of people and Saeed feels, I mean, he feels pain and sadness for, and guilt for what he did. But he also, you know, he, he can understand, like, what she's saying and, like, how much he screwed her up. So I know that it's not the most entertaining, but I do think that there's emotional push and, like, resonance to that story that um, I think is a good exploration of Saeed's character. So that's my defense of the flashback. <laughs> well, I, I'm- I'm- go ahead.
3: No, you say, I definitely agree with you on that last scene. That that was a very good scene. The the actress did a great job, and Saeed was good in that scene. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess I I like that scene more than the ones of him lying to the the husband. You know, and again, I guess that was always my my thing is like, what what is his, what is his goal here? But but yeah, that end scene was absolutely a, a great scene and. The only question I do have on it, though, is I I don't know how – if this woman went to her – husband. I don't think her husband would have just believed her when if she said, hey, I made a mistake. We need to let this guy go. Like, I just – he got out of there. We can take it for what it was. But somehow, even if this lady went and said, oh, I made a mistake, I, I understand her reasoning of I'm not going to become the person who – you know I'm not gonna become you. you tortured me I'm not gonna do the same to you. Um, I get all that but I just I don't see that that husband would just let him go
1: right that, You know Corey, I'll give you I'll give you credit in the fact that I think that yes, I, although I may not agree 100% with everything that you said, I do agree with the fact that compared to some of the um, some of the flashbacks we've seen this season, it is definitely the most concise and enough that it tells a story, doesn't drag on, but it also gives you plenty of time for what's going on on the island. And uh, yeah. so I can give you that point. So I'll I'll I'll, I'll put my rating up a, a point just because yeah, and <laughs> short it, and I,
2: sweet. and I, I like that it's it's simple and then it's it's over. Yeah. And I, the first time I watched it, I do remember being a little surprised when Saeed finally admits. That he did it because he does a good job. He seems pretty convincing to me that he was innocent. And uh, of course, I mean, you should think, like, well, how could he be innocent? I mean, he really is a torturer, right? Like, it makes right. sense <laughs> to do it. <laughs> so. but, but I do understand what Stephen was saying. When he comes to him at the restaurant, Saeed gives him a very, he gives him this look like, like his, you know, his spidey senses are tingling. Like, I know something's up with this guy. Like,
1: but I yeah. shouldn't trust him. Right, but but yeah, but yeah, he does, and I think that's that's the hard reconcile point is that well, it's like he lets his guard
2: down. The guy says he's also Iraqi, and he says, "I'm going to give you double your pay." I mean, the, when somebody you know essentially puts cash on the table like that, it can make you uh, <laughs> uh, forget about other things. <laughs> I don't I know guess. what his life situation is here, but yeah. So,
1: all right, well. I don't know if there's any more about Said's flashbacks, but before we get to the flame, unless Stephen and Corey have anything else about the flashbacks, uh, we, sh- do, we do. we
3: want to do we want to talk about the cat now or or at the at the end and with the on the island?
1: Do we believe the cat was the smoke monster? Yep. Just saying. That,
2: that is a, a theory. good question. That is I a good it- theory. I say we leave save the cat for. For when the cat comes back in
3: the all right, uh, we'll save the we'll save the best for last. Yeah.
2: Okay, okay. So let's talk about this epic
1: ping pong battle between <laughs> Hurley and um, and and Sawyer. By the way, <laughs> I did Steven Stephen put it on his notes. Of course, I I didn't write it on mine because Steven already had it. I loved when Nikki <laughs> when Nikki is talking to Sawyer and Sawyer says. Who the heck are you? <laughs> I was like, yes!
2: yes. He's like, A, I want my stuff back. B, who are you?
1: <laughs> I love it. And it, I love how Paulo's going to give him the, the magazine and the toilet paper. He's like, now nah, you keep it. Oh, it's great.
3: It, Nobody wants it. It's, it's funny. It's, Go ahead. it's funny, and, and it's it's Sawyer being the voice of of the audience, you know, like who are yes. you? But at the mm-hmm. same time, she literally, like when he came home, she was the first person to hug him. Like he knows this woman. He's just being a jerk here. <laughs> like he knows who she is, or at least we're supposed to believe that he knows who she is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, rough. Unless well, the writers so. just forgot about forgot about that from a couple episodes. No, right. I that's, think that's that's I. think th-
1: I think they were using Sawyer as, as an, as a speaker for the audience because the uh, audience was thinking, yeah. who is these people you're trying to interject into the story?
0: Mm-hmm. So. I,
3: I do. I do also love that toilet paper holder. I mean, that, that was a, <laughs> <laughs> it just re- reminds you of when you, you go to, go to a, like a little gas station out in the country, you get the, the key with the, you know, the, a long piece of wood, the, Go get into yeah. the bathroom. It's kind of the same thing. Oh, you're going out yeah. to the to the trees here. Take the toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> I guess is the toilet paper from the pallet drops? Are they dropping toilet paper?
2: I, I assume
3: so. Was it from the hatch?
2: It probably was from the hatch or from the drop. That makes sense because they didn't seem like they. I know that Hurley was using leaves in season one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they didn't have a
2: whole lot in season one. But, uh, yeah, Sawyer doesn't want the magazine back. I mean, nobody wants... It's been in the bathroom, right? <laughs> so, this book has been flagged. It's been in the bathroom. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I I'll say kind of the same thing about this storyline, this island on-island storyline. Again, very concise. You have, like, a secondary story that there's only a handful of scenes but they're all great and they do this it does a really good job of balancing the tone because there's like some pretty dark stuff in the flashback and then there's some pretty serious you know semi-dark things happening in at the flame and then this is just like we're playing ping pong you know we're having fun (laughs) here and uh, hurley's gonna whoop up on sawyer so it's great that was really good we yeah, it's a nice little beach scene, and I love that they come up with this punishment or this you know these <laughs> these stakes to bet, to bet on because Sawyer again he wants all of his his stuff back. He's a guy that has to have stuff right, and well, he's just so confident. Yeah, I'll win. And uh, you know, Son's like, "All right, you lose. No nicknames for a week," <laughs> which a week's it's time to take up the rest of the season. Yes. Oh, <laughs> What was that, Steven?
3: It is, it is one of the, all the things they could have, you know, asked for. That that's the one thing that, that just really gets under all their skins is all of his nicknames. And they, they're all in agreement. Yes, that is the punishment. No, no nickname. That was a great moment. And, and it's the
2: best... It, it's the most difficult one for Sawyer too. So. Yes,
1: it's going to be the most difficult one for our Sawyer's name dictionary as well for the next a uh, few quite a few episodes.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so here's my question: uh, Which is a better place to train if you want to become like a ping pong, you know, master? Is it uh, while you're in prison or in a mental hospital? I oh, a yeah, prison. <laughs> You would think a prison, but Hurley. I guess he said he played in the in the basement, but he also said he played a lot at the institute, and then he kind of like trailed off at the place. <laughs> yes,
1: as he was giving Sawyer some um, some of his magazines back, so he was consider he did give him mm-hmm. some of his magazines back.
3: Well. well we also saw that with the Connect Four game that they really had a lot of free time at the mental institution and not a lot of recreational activities. I guess they had basketball. They, they did kind of have basketball, but I could see him spending a lot of time at the ping pong table.
2: Yeah, yeah. and well, it's, it's also hard to play basketball in slippers, so and for some <laughs> reason, like, Hurley was always wearing slippers. right? <laughs> I don't
1: know. I don't know. I've seen LeBron James play, and he acts like he's wearing slippers when he's slipping and falling.
2: Oh <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Apparently, they're changing some of those rules for next year in the NBA. We'll see. We'll see. Oh my! Or less, <laughs>
0: Does he
1: want but
2: um, I, I like yeah. that. The Hurley's like, "What about? Should we do a mercy rule in case that should that should have been a sign that he's about to just kick his butt? Because he's like, maybe we should institute a mercy rule." Mercy rule. <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs> he's. he's and a- I gotta say, like. Uh, Saw- Sawyer is a con man. He should know when he's getting hustled. Like, it was obvious oh, here he was getting hustled. How did he know? Did he just have such a high opinion of himself? He did. He just didn't see it coming. But, oh, man, Hurley was well, hustling good here.
1: Well, I, I I don't think it's that he has such a high opinion. Well, I agree, though. I don't think he's had such a high opinion as much as it was. Hurley does not look like your typical ping-pong champion, ping-pong style master. He doesn't typically look like that kind of a guy. So when Sawyer was judging him based on the way he looked, he's like, mm. Hurley's like, okay, I got this.
2: <laughs> so yeah. I, I, I did love it. Hurley took it to him the first couple points, and then they cut to like the aftermath of the game, and <laughs> Sawyer is like, rubbing his head, and he's trying to fix his glasses. <laughs> Because apparently no. on the last point, it smacked Sawyer, like, off the table right to the face.
1: That's <laughs> funny. And then, and, then, and then he said, dude, you didn't get no point. You got three.
2: <laughs> I, yeah, he at least got three. I'm happy for, happy for Sawyer. And then we get a nice little uh, exchange here where uh, Hurley tries to, like, be really friendly to Sawyer. He's like, here's some magazines, like, you know, because... I know you're the type of guy that needs to have stuff, which is a great line. I Love it. He's it Psychoanalyzing is, him, but he's like, "Get bit, Hugo." Well, yeah, and then he does actually say like what is actually going on. The audience is pretty aware of it. He's like, "Hey, you know, Kate's gonna be okay. She's with Saeed and Locke. Like, don't worry, And Rousseau." So I mean, that's two, three. You know, the four of them are pretty well, uh, you know, equipped handling stuff. And, like, don't worry, Kate will be fine. Like, she'll be back. I know you miss her. (laughs) (laughs) Sawyer is so mad that he's being talked to. Like, get Get bent, Hugo. (laughs) That's great. Nice pep talk.
3: (laughs) This, though, is... It's another one of those moments where we just see... Hurley is just the best at just seeing what other people need. He, He really... He shows this ability throughout the entire show. It's kind of, you know, jumping to the end. You know, it's, it's why he ended up being the the Jacobs replacement, you know, the the the, the protector. Because he really, he understands people and where they're at. Maybe it was his time in the mental institution, or maybe it's just who he is. But we just see constantly, he, he's just a good friend, acquaintance, whoever, you know, whoever he is to the people on the island. He really... Just always comes through for people, and I think this is a, another good Hurley moment. And you gotta love just the, the the budding friendship with Hurley and Sawyer. It just you know yeah. it's a Sawyer can't really accept it. He doesn't want to you know be be friends with Hurley, but but we see you know in the car, in in the uh, van episode and uh, so many other times that you know this is uh, a friendship that you know Sawyer does does value I think even if even if he doesn't
1: want to It's a friendship that will
0: never end
3: <laughs> Okay should
2: we should we talk about an even greater friendship and that is the friendship between Locke and uh computer chess Yes let's do that let's talk about the
1: flame storyline here
3: Uh yeah this is yeah, actually this is such be, a be fun for-
2: adventure Go ahead see if you
3: can I got one more question from the from the last storyline before we move on. I thought it was a fun conversation at the beginning with <clears throat> with uh, Hurley and Sawyer about did the hatch explode or did it um, or did it collapse? And I don't know. What do you guys think? Did it think explode it, or did it collapse? I thought that was a darn good question. I think neither imploded. one of them were there. Neither one of them were there.
1: I think it imploded and then exploded. <laughs> I think it drew all the energy in and then boom, that's why you see that giant crater where everything looks like it's been sucked in. So I think there was a mixture. It was an implosion and then it built the energy built up and then popped everything out.
3: Yeah. Cause we see, we see stuff falling from the sky that had obviously, I guess you'd say exploded. That's a, that's a good way to put it. Im- yeah. <laughs> I, I think imploded, you, then exploded then <laughs>
2: explode. Yeah. I think that was a good description. There was like the implosion, but like certain things like debris popped out as well. Yeah. Makes sense to me, in my brain.
3: <laughs> All right, that was <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> All right, what else, y'all? All right, so let's talk about the flame, then. How the flame... Do we want to talk about how the flame went up in flames? Or do we want to talk about everything else first?
2: Yeah, well, let's start... Yeah, let's start at the beginning. Uh, I like this little... There's, there's some bickering going on between Saeed and John, and... Said's like all right are we just gonna like wander through the jungle following this bearing for you know we've been doing this for two days now and uh, Locke is just like my bearing's the only bearing we've got so we're just gonna keep doing it sides <laughs> we need to have a rational conversation and you know, this is a rational conversation not John Locke's strong suit you know <laughs> no we're, <laughs> we're following the stick it- <laughs>
3: But then it had to be frustrating too that he was right. The 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 stick and the bearing led them to this place. He ended up being right. It
2: did, yeah. And it's it's. I always thought this was such a cool little intro. The first thing Saeed stumbles upon is like this cow, or like and you the cowbell, and it's just like bizarre and eerie. It just you know, there's so many good lost cold opens before you know the credits roll in. And this is, this is a really good one, too. Like, what? Cow? Lost. <laughs> so. Oh, that was good. Yeah, I have a yeah. little note on Danielle. Uh, I was going to say, I mean, I get she says, like, oh, this is how I survived. I stayed away from these things. But you've been there for 16 years, and she's like, no, nah, I've had, I had never been here. I have no idea where this is. Like,
0: all
2: right. <laughs> I
1: think she did. I, I think she's lying. I just think she never uh... – I just think she uh, she was just trying to stay away, though. Mm-hmm. I think she was.
3: I I, cou- I couldn't remember. I'm getting ahead of myself here in the spoilers. But do do we ever find out? I felt like she did something during this time. Do we ever find out if was she up to something during this time, or am I just imagining things?
1: Um, I don't, I don't remember. I rem- uh, yeah, I honestly cannot remember.
3: I know, I, I know sometimes sometimes when she disappears, she has ulterior motives, but I couldn't remember if this was one of those times. Yeah. I don't think so, but,
2: but perhaps. I'm trying to think what she would have done.
3: She, she didn't kidnap any babies during this time or yeah. anything? She
2: didn't no. get scratched
3: by anyone.
2: I tell uh, you well. what I
1: did forget. I did forget that... Okay, this is going to sound really bad when I say this. I did forget that that um, that Saeed got shot in this episode. <laughs> so, and, and and I don't know why I did. I just did. So I'm watching in All of a sudden, I hear this loud, boom. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. What just happened? And it's I, Saeed go down, I'm like, oh, my goodness. I forgot it. I forgot that's what happened to Saeed.
2: <laughs> so, you know, I don't blame you for forgetting that, actually. Because people get shot, and they're just like, up and at him like nothing. You know, he, he, people heal so fast from getting shot on this show that uh, yeah, I, I had forgotten too. I mean, Saeed will be fine. Like next episode, he'll be he'll be chilling. So it and it's interesting though because there is a little I you know I remembered as I was watching this that he gets shot here and it definitely I don't know if you'd say it's foreshadowing but it's paralleled by the time he gets shot again in season five also involving some dharma stuff when i can't remember which person but you know that's ultimately going to be a very i mean it is a fatal gunshot in a way even though he kind of survives. so but this time it's not too bad
1: it's amazing how many people are getting shot on an island that doesn't just shouldn't have anything and we started off with two guns in a safe i mean in a case
2: yeah and now yeah a lot of people have been shot so but i love this opening here you know there's Saeed is like, all right, I'm gonna just like charge up there. I got no gun. They won't, <laughs> they, won't. They, won't they won't attack me. I'll be fine. <laughs> he sees the cat, kind of distracts him, and then just bam, he's shot in the shoulder. And it's like, okay, your plan didn't work, Saeed. But it's it's actually kind of a cool little ploy here. We don't see yeah. Our losties like move like this very often, but while Saeed is down on the ground, and Mikhail, you know, asks him a couple things, uh, Locke and Kate just move in like they're, you know, the SEAL team or whatever, just like <laughs> <laughs> and pretty pretty swiftly and easily, you know, get the upper hand on Mikhail there. So I love that part, seeing them roll up there and drop the gun. So it,
1: it, it, it good.
2: Yeah, and it just sets up such a cool, cool element. Like once they get in the station, it is a very it's a, it's an interesting introduction because he's got a somewhat believable story. Because Mikhail says, "Oh, I'm I'm the last survivor of the Dharma Initiative." Then we go to like some sort of you know dramatic commercial break. But I mean, do you, do you guys think that this is believable? I mean, when you first watched this, did you believe that he could be telling the truth or I so I actually had that in
1: my notes. I said Mikael is such a great character because he's able to hide who truly is with such ease. And that's just astounding to me how he does it. He's the for that and I said on here that the fact that he's able to mix truths with enough lives. With such ease to tell to, to tell a compelling story, and with then with the info about the stations and about Dharma, I I I a hundred percent. Now I knew from watching the show that he was, you know, eventually he was gonna find out he was another. But when I first saw the show and I first saw this, I, I was I was convinced. Like I he had me convinced that he was a Dharma initiative. Um. And, and he just, the way he told a story was really good.
2: Yeah, I think it's pretty believable, too.
3: Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I, I think that these two characters worked really well together. Just having Saeed and Mikhail kind of, you know, bouncing back and forth against each other, it, I thought it was a, just a great matchup of characters. I mean, talk about two people who have a lot in common. And, you know, between being communications officers, like, these two people really seem like, you know, they could kind of understand each other. So, I mean, it makes sense that I think Saeed was able to figure out, you know, that he was lying. But I think what we're left with, right, like, he was basically telling the truth, right? He was just lying about his his part of it. I think everything else he said was true, right? Well, Well... other you know, than his jinx. role in it,
2: yeah,
1: <laughs> he, that he was never that. Then <laughs> he lied and he said that the that that uh, the hostel started the purge. I know that that comes back because Dharma will say that hostel started it and hostel say that Dharma started. It. When actuality, the middleman Ben started it.
3: <laughs> but he was both, so they they technically were both right. He was a hostel and another. So yeah. <laughs> Well, well he
2: he he says he was part of the Dharma initiative and then later he admits that he was never in the Dharma initiative so that was like the part he was lying about I mean, a lot of it is true but he 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 was lying about the deal and the fact that he was part of Dharma and that he was the only one left and he'd just been living there by himself like that part was all a lie but you're right the the way he mixes in elements of truth is it's really fascinating. It's cool when you first watch this to begin with. You're like, okay, this stuff sounds interesting. And it becomes a lot more interesting once you've seen, especially season five. Because you realize that not only are these things, you know, relatively, you know, they're true. But we see them in play in the actual time in history. and Like the line. I mean, we've already had an allusion to a line. That was in season two with mr friendly but now we hear about the line in which uh richard Alpert is going to talk a lot about the line i think in lafleur and we're going to hear about the truce which is going to be talked about a lot and then of course the purge we're going to get a lot of details on the purge as well so those three things are really big and they get really explored a lot the part that if, didn't make a whole lot. yeah go ahead
3: as a, is this the first time we've heard the purge yes is this the first we heard of it I'm not sure. It's
2: possible that Ben mentioned it, but see, I don't think I
1: mentioned it it because I think I do think this, I really believe this is the first time we've heard the purge. And they're because, because I think they're planting seeds for a couple seasons from now on this one. But yeah, I don't, I I think this, this is definitely the first time um, we've heard of the purge.
2: Now we've heard hostiles before, but this, I think this is the first time where hostiles really sticks. Like they, They say it so many different times, or he says it so many different times, and then we also hear it um, in the the video by Pierre Chang. I believe Desmond is the only other person who said hostile. He said, are you one of the hostiles, brother? Or or something like that. Running with the hostiles. Don't touch me. (laughs) Yeah, don't. But, yeah, and the truce, that's a really interesting part as well. All these things go hand in hand together. You know, the line and the truce go together and the purge is the failure of those two things to work out uh, at all (laughs) the part of mikhail's story which really i mean you don't obviously saeed can like read people really well and he can figure stuff out but you don't need to be a uh, you know an interrogator to read this he says i traded two cows for my safety and uh (laughs) so they let you live for like Twenty years for two cows? Like, come on, man! They could have killed you and taken all your cows. <laughs> I don't know. It. Uh, I guess it kind of. It seemed to work a little bit. But but even Kate. I mean, it seems like Saeed was aware of this pretty much the whole time. I'm just playing along, and Kate gets wise to it too. She's like, "Why would they? there all this equipment, these satellites. Like, why would they let him keep even if it? Even if it doesn't function? What? Why take the chance?" And he's not going to jerry rig this together and do something with it. He knows a lot. So, uh, yeah. The other nice hint is he says, he sa- they're talking about the hostiles, and he says, yes, they've been here for a long time. A very, very long time. Which is a nice hint to what we're going to get in season five and six again. We're going to learn. Eventually, but the I mean, we've already seen the four-toed statue, but we're gonna—we've only seen the toe part. We're gonna really understand that the hostiles, when they say the hostiles or the others, like they've been around for hundreds of years, a long time. So another cool little hint there, and then the big, the big drop of information, right? Mike was was very happy to hear about this. We get the confirmation of the underwater station, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i um and
1: this is all setting up toward, toward toward the end of season three here i mean this is it's 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 nice to see them finally setting it up that direction um I was also looking up some more information about about mikhail as well i couldn't I couldn't
2: remember something that happened um it's, shout out to crackpot jack for predicting the underwater station about <laughs> you know 10 fifteen years ago whenever that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That um. Yeah.
1: Bye, bye, Charlie. <clears throat> um. <laughs> oh, I... bye, Charlie. Uh. I mean, go ahead, Stephen.
3: I was just. Gonna say, I like. I feel like this. This episode is kind of the definition of a, of an info dump episode, but because he was lying. It's like you don't know how much of it is true and how much of it isn't. But we learned a lot in this episode, I think. And I don't know. Yeah. Lost, you,
2: Lost is usually really good at the info dump because they're able to build the drama around it. Like The focus isn't on the information he's giving. The focus is on can these people trust each other? They're feeling each other out. And Saeed thinks... That there's someone else hidden in there. So we're focused on the real world danger. Meanwhile, we're getting all this relevant information. And you know, I think Lindelof uh, famously said, "I don't want to do a midichlorian's info, th- you know, explanation like Star Wars. That was you know such a poorly received yeah. uh, Force explanation. They don't like to do that type of info dump on Lost. And this is this is usually how they do it. in this, uh, you know." often still very mysterious way that some people don't like that it's still wrapped in mystery but whatever this is the way Lost does it and then you can go find these little uh, nuggets later and and uh, theorize on them so so how, how do you think
1: Saïd picked up on the fact that, that there was somebody else there
3: well then he said it was it was the horse right that the horse was saddled up and it was saddled for someone much shorter than Mikhail, which it is really impressive to me <laughs> like if you got that yeah, he level picked of that up yeah that it, if i mean i'm sure with all his military training that that you know but to me that was pretty impressive that that you you know you're surveying your surroundings that well that you notice hey those, oh. those saddles are too short for for him i thought that was pretty cool
2: i i honestly totally missed that line but it makes sense yeah me too <laughs> uh, I do. I think just the way Mikhail is acting as well. It's like he's waiting for his moment. Like, why is he playing so nice?
1: And and I love that. I, I love that line that he says after everybody takes a drink, he puts his cup down and says, look, how much longer are we just going to play this game We, 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 we that we both know? And then they just go at it.
2: The poor tea. He was bragging about how he, he grew all this tea on his own, and he just smashes it on the wall. Really good weapon there.
1: That was a good fight scene between uh between all of them.
2: Yes, I love... This episode has some good action. Meanwhile, I mean, Locke is just off-playing chess, whatever. Okay, <laughs> but like, he just comes ser- out after everything's done.
3: Like, seriously, though, if, if you get put in this situation... Like, why are you gonna go start playing chess? How did that make sense? How was that being helpful?
1: Because like- Locke, Locke is so unable to control himself <laughs> around games. Every, I mean, I mean, it, I just—he
2: was a colonel.
1: He was, he was a colonel. <laughs> no, I just, I think it all has to do with with strategy. He likes strategy. I don't think he really would have been as invested in it if Mike Mikhail didn't tell him. Um, uh, the computer cheats. I think I, I think he wouldn't have pushed it, but I, I think he was testing it after that.
2: And that was an interesting little uh, you know piece of dialogue there when he says, "Oh yes, it was it was programmed by two grandmasters of chess of chess, and uh, the computer cheats and, and locks like, oh no, well I don't think a computer can cheat. That's only only humans can do that. And that's what makes us so interesting, or something something like that." <laughs> Which is an interesting line coming from Locke, who is going to be, you know, I mean, he Locke does his fair share of lying and deceiving, but he is ultimately going to be lied and, and deceived. Um, and, you know, people are going to kind of cheat him out of a lot of things. Life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I found that line to be kind of interesting. One I didn't really think about much before. Yeah, he, so he's a... That's, that is my one gripe about this episode, is that I don't like the whole, like, Locke playing chess the whole time. I get it. It's cool. I mean, obviously, it's important to the episode, because, like, that's the title of the episode, is Enter 77. But it is not, like, as believable as, as some other things. It's like, would Locke really, like, stay? I, I get why he's playing chess early it's later when he gets on when like Mikhail is like unconscious on the ground. That's where I don't quite buy it as much. (laughs) Yeah. He just, he
1: doesn't, he doesn't seem like the person who, when something like that's going on, that he would go sit there and play a game. You know, he, he just doesn't, especially the fact that, that, um, except for the fact that, that Ben escaped that, that one time, I'm pretty sure now if there is a prisoner, Locke is not going to keep his eyes off of who the prisoner is. But he did. It just it, it didn't seem it didn't
2: seem Locke-like. Yeah. So, well, I think we should go back to this fight scene just for a moment, because I want to compliment this again. It's just like, anytime you get Saeed in hand-to-hand combat in an episode, and it's actually a good fight, like this is a legit fight, like obviously Mikhail is, was a trained um you know soldier uh in, in russia you know so he's he's got some in soviet russia he's got some abilities here and uh they go at it, is it but obviously site's gonna take him down and not only do we get a you know Said in hand-to-hand combat we get kate coming in with the butt of the rifle which yep. is one of her patented moves it's just like boom <laughs> so and, I love that.
1: and and then again Locke coming in right at the end with the door open with the, with the pistol all right, guys, I'm here. Who are we taking down?
2: <laughs> yeah, a little
0: late,
1: <laughs> Sorry, I had to save my game first. I had to save my game.
2: <laughs> I, it is good that they let Mikhail clean clean Saeed's wound. I will say he did a pretty good job at that. Just, whoop,
1: whoop, whoop. Bro, that was some pretty good surgery. That was some pretty good camera work, too. Yeah, like, it looked I looked him. I was
2: shocked. It was, so, it was nicely done. It was. So, then they start looking, right? That's that's the line I was saying from earlier. Where John's like, "Yeah, I've checked every, I've checked every nook and cranny." Not every nook and cranny, John. He throws over the rug. Throws over the <laughs> rug. Secret, you know, compartment here. Secret basement.
1: And he goes down there, and him and uh, Saeed and Kate go down there, and they find Miss Clue. The one we haven't seen since uh, since Michael, I think. Since yeah, since, yeah. since she brought Michael to see Walt.
3: Walt! We saw her there, and then we saw her on the dock. we haven't right. seen her since season two.
2: Yeah. Yeah, pretty surprising to see her make an appearance here.
3: Um, I, I, I always really liked this character, though. And I, I gotta say, I was definitely bummed to see her go out. I mean, she went out kind of in a cool way here but man i wish we could have got some more of her i think she was an interesting formidable uh opponent for them
2: yeah so i agree i thought she was i thought she was really interesting and i did a little i have a couple more a little more information on her if if you want uh, i can share that Mike, did you want to say something before I?
1: Yeah, I, I was going to say I wish they would have um, at least transcribed uh, the words and subtitles of the Russian that that her and Mikhail was um, was yelling at each other. Like, I really wish they would have transcribed that somehow, because I wrote it I mean, obviously, we kind of know what was coming. You know, she was pretty much telling him, you know, kill me. Uh, but I want to know what else well, what was being
2: said. It's funny that you say that because I have that right here, actually.
1: Yes! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. What was so, so, said in that conversation?
2: Yes, that was great. So w- what was first interesting, I think, is I read on here that I guess originally the plan was for her to be the person killed on the sailboat by Son, And, you know, what's what starts this whole... Conversation is Saeed, you know, cleverly says, at least we killed one of them, you know, in this kind of smug way to just stir up Mikhail. And I guess the plan was to kill her there, but the actress who plays uh Ms. Clue is not available. And that's so they introduced the character of Colleen for that, which is kind of crazy to think that I guess would Clue Ms. Clue have been with Danny Pickett doesn't seem like they would make a good pair. Or would would Pickett just have not had a wife that was not going to be part of the story? Because it feels so essential that Colleen is Pickett's wife. That's why, you know, he gets so fired up. Um, But anyway, so I guess she was, they changed and instead they had her die in this episode. Like, come on. (laughs) They, They didn't consider keeping her alive. But I'll let you guys return from the edge of your seats. I'll read what it says. So this is the translation. Okay. From Russian. So Beatrice, or Ms. Clue, uh, she says, we can't risk it. You know the rules. And then Mikhail says, there's still a way out. So he's trying to convince her, no. And then she says, we won't let them into the territory. You know what to do. It is an order. And then she yells in English, just do it, Mikhail. And in Russian, he says, forgive me, and shoots her. So.
1: ha. Uh-huh. Okay, so there's some interesting stuff with the rules and a territory. Obviously, we know what you know. She's talking about can't can't, can't let them near the barracks. Uh, yeah, and that's pretty cool. So,
2: on, yeah, it's really cool. And on, on Lostpedia, they kind of say that it, it seems like she is basically equal level with with um, with Mister Friendly, Tom, and her are about. And uh, like they're they're you know they're not top dogs they're not Ben level but they're kind of like the second tier of leadership. So she has some sort of leadership role, and it seems like with the horse that she had ridden her that horse over to talk to Mikhail about something. So she wasn't normally living there, but she was visiting horseback and mm. was there when this happened. And yeah, so it seems like she is some sort of leader, and that's why she gives it she says it's an order she orders Mikhail the killer now like come on guys like you isn't really that committed to this whole others thing yeah. you're gonna die for it I mean not Ben wouldn't even do that come on so
1: I mean if you swallowed I mean if you drank enough of the kool-aid eventually you you know you 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 can't help yourself yeah so
2: then there is another one other interesting thing here in lost the official magazine an article now I don't know if this is considered canon but okay. they revealed the like a background story for for Ms clue that she was possible that she was once a for- she was a former nun basically so I don't know I if that's actually considered a- I could <laughs> see it she does always have kind of like a you know that type of like a hood like in a bonnet thing or whatever
1: oh yeah so. I could see it I could see it. Um, so so bad just B- so clue dies, they go back inside. Locke finally enters 77. And if the hostiles have overrun the facility or, or overtaken the camp, enter 77. Well, and then they head out.
2: Was my was my <laughs> mic not on? Yeah. <laughs> That was awesome guys. Uh, was right one. after you said enter seven seven, I think Steven and I are both looking thinking it must be our headphones or something. No, it's mine. <laughs> so oh no. So
1: after Locke enters uh, seventy seven, they all they all kind of walk out of the of the building and um, they get you know some um, they get uh, they get some of the paperwork and all the kind of the information they came from the flame and as they're leaving Ah, uh, you just see the just explosion, boof, and the flame goes up, in flame. So, so did? Say, you... No, go
2: ahead. Yeah, yeah. Did did John know this was going to happen? That was my question. Did
1: he... uh, I don't, I don't think he did.
3: Yeah, I didn't get the impression he did. He he looked kind of surprised when it went boom to me. But what were you going to say, Stephen? I was just gonna say, like, is this is? It was cool. It was this was, you know, cool to watch in the episode, but this wasn't a very practical emergency system. Like, if you were really being attacked and overrun, you have to go in and beat a game of chess against this, you know, <laughs> high-performing computer. Yes. Like, that is not a quick way to, you know, get to this emergency. Detonation system. It just didn't seem very practical. Unless Mikhail is just that good at chess. That he he programmed it that way. But I mean. It, well there's, there is a, like a three win move. But I wouldn't think that that would. That would work against this computer.
0: Yeah
1: I just. Especially mm-hmm. if it's programmed by two grandmasters.
2: <laughs> well I don't, I don't. Yeah I don't think it really was. Maybe this is just kind of like something to hide the chess kind of hides these controls that exist there and there's a way to access it otherwise or you just have to How beat it and then you once you beat it it's like accessible anytime yeah it doesn't you, you bring a good point it it is weird i never really understood why the chess i always felt like i was missing something like oh i mean i'm just not getting this
3: that, that does make sense. you said maybe there was another way around this, um, where you could get to that emergency system directly. But this was just kind of the camouflage. And that makes sense.
0: Yeah.
3: But yeah. Basically,
2: Locke's curiosity gets the best of him. Like he can't resist beating this game. Even though, like even though it gets Mikhail to like hold his <laughs> neck, you know, uh, or, or hold a knife to his neck, and yeah, you think he would know better. You would. Yeah, yeah. You'd think. But it's we're
0: talking
1: about. Yeah,
2: they take they take Mikhail out there, and you know, he oh, and Mikhail tries to shoot himself in the head. He's like ready to go, <laughs> which is kind of, kind of ironic considering that Mikhail is going to be like the man you can't kill. He's gonna survive a lot of stuff after yep. this. He was he was willing to do it himself. But I mean, maybe you understand like the guy knows that he's he's kind of doomed uh, in a way. But he doesn't die and Rousseau meets back up with them and was like, "Just, just kill him." Mikael's like, "If you hesitate for any moment and take your guard down, I will kill you without any hesitation." <laughs> and she's like, like, "Yeah, let's let's kill him. He just said he's gonna kill us. Like, why leave him alive?"
1: I guess they want information on how to get the jack.
2: Yeah, and well, the the tie-in we got to talk about the cat now. The tie-in is the cat. You see it running. We saw it earlier in the episode when Saeed first goes towards the flame. And then we see it at the end when he's when they're leaving. He stares at it. Now, Mikhail said this cat was named Nadia after a, a Russian athlete, which is also the name of Saeed's uh, ex-lover, ex and future lover, Nadia. And, you know, it makes people think that is this the same cat that the woman had? My personal theory, and this is—it seems to be what a lot of people think—is that it's just a cat. That it's the same type of cat. It looks very, very similar. And this is supposed to be a way to help us draw the connection between the flashback and the present day. Like, that's part of the reason why he yeah. doesn't kill Mikhail, Is He's—he's he's thinking about the things he's done that he regretted when he was a torturer, and he's—and he doesn't want to do that now. Yeah.
1: I I I could see that I I always thought that maybe the man in black had something to do with this. I I th-
3: I th- I think that's the big question. I think that you know this is another one of the long line of animals showing up on the island and what's behind them. Like it's it's Kate's black horse. Um, I think there's some other ones we're forgetting, but we never do find out for sure whether it's the man in black whether it's just a coincidence i mean we never see kate's horse again so we, you know we never get an answer on that we never really get an answer on this cat cuz yeah you could read it either way it's either you know just a coincidence and it's just a similar looking cat or there's there's more to it and i think i think that's some of the lingering unanswered questions of loss because that, that's something they never did address for us again.
2: Well, um, ap- apparently they're in a podcast. The showrunners made it basically seem like this was just a cat that looked like, an, like it wasn't. It's not really the smoke monster. And some people say, no, I don't know if it's actually clear in the language, but people are trying to say that the cat, Amira's cat, the woman in the flashback, that cat was a male cat, and that this cat was a female cat, and hmm. so they're not the same cat. Oh.
1: The, the same bet. way the same way Vincent was played by a female dog instead of a male dog.
2: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm not sure. There's not. It's it's definitely supposed to be something that kind of messes with your head, <laughs> makes you question yeah. it. But uh, yeah. I, I, I like the look of this cat. It kind of reminds me of uh, like Mrs. Norris from Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, my goodness.
1: <laughs> right. There's the Harry Potter reference.
3: <laughs>
1: I had to get it in there.
3: <laughs> it just makes me think of Smelly Cat from Friends.
1: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Finally, finally finished that show. Yeah. Uh, but uh but yeah so and then that's pretty much the episode you, they just they walk away and uh the lost screen comes up and that's uh and that's it so uh is there anything else in about this episode before we kind of move in toward our our
2: end here yeah i was just gonna say it is weird that the whole basement is wired with c4 i mean come on that just if the hostels just, are gonna take over you have to blow the place up and it just seems like really valuable explosives. are gonna. It, can't you just do a few oil drums? Or i, I not. I don't know. A few. It oil just drums. seems weird.
3: Did they, <laughs> did they still use this station? Like, were they still using anything from this station? Like, it seems like it would be kind of a waste. Yeah the the losties had found it, and but I mean they could have. They could have cleared them out and still been able to, to use that equipment in there. It seems seems kind of weird to want to blow it all up. Yeah, there must be something valuable, valuable information well, in here. Well,
1: nothing was operable. If you remember mm-hmm. the computer, everything was op- everything was 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 unoperable.
2: I don't know, but maybe some things could be messed it with. It. I mean, like he, it, could, he could make it.
1: Well, it looked like he had been trying to fix some communications part of it. The whole time, and he was never able to fix it yet.
2: Maybe we'll have more information when we watch, because you know this. We will revisit this place in the past. Yes, when we when Rudzinski's there. In the past, Rydzinski. in the future, in the future, we will, we will revisit this station. But maybe, <laughs> it's so maybe Rydzinski, maybe Rudzinski's uh, like diaries in there, and they feel like we gotta blow this thing up. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> I hate. Nobody can I hate, read this. I hate Rudzinski. Uh, <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, well
1: la- la- last thing oh, I'll say. Oh, oh, he's got one. Last thing I'll
2: say. Just it's Kate. Kate throws a pretty good punch here.
1: It's she pretty impressive. does.
2: She like knocks Mrs. Clue out. Like, like, dang, Kate.
1: She's like, "There's like, no she's way." So hang on, hard. hang on, hang on.
2: Boom.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> she's got a hook. Well, I mean, you think you think how she grew up. Obviously, she's gonna have a hook on her. So. All right. Well, let's talk about a little bit of this. Our in memoriam today—the uh, the the one I forgot—that Stephen or Corey, one of the two, added. In um, in memoriam today, we're going to remember Miss Clue. She lived a good life on two episodes, and uh, yeah,
2: three, I think.
1: But... Three, okay, three. Okay, I'm sorry, I undersold her. But uh, Miss Clue did not make it to the uh, to the next episode. So
3: yet they, yet they, another they, interesting loss, uh, interesting other character that we never, never get any more out of. Yeah. That's true. That's true.
1: All right, Stephen, we're rating this thing.
3: All How right. Are rating this thing. Let's rate this thing out of one to twenty three. Really, really bad job interviews.
1: Really, really bad job
3: interviews. All right. All right. <laughs> Let's go, Mike. What Let's would go. you give this episode?
1: All right, it's not a terrible episode because there's a lot of stuff I'm really interested in. I was really interested in the flame. Uh, I was really interested in the in the in the ping pong game and that kind of thing. Uh, I do concede to the Corey that the the flashbacks are very concise and that's what I've been wanting. However apart from the cat being in both the flashbacks and on the island, I still even though it's concise and to the point, I didn't see a need for the flashback. It's one and I'll go to Stephen's point. It may not be my one of my least favorite in the series, but it's definitely one of my least favorite Saeed flashbacks. I do think he had better flashbacks. So, because of that, I'm not going to give it a perfect score. But I'm not going to give it a low score. I'm going to kind of float a little bit above average and give it a 14 out of 23 um, uh, bad job interviews.
3: All right, Corey, how many uh, bad job interviews would you give this episode?
2: Oh yeah, well I've I've had a couple bad job interviews, but not any uh, where I got jumped and like put a, had a bag put over my head. <laughs> it's not that bad. Yeah, I I love this episode. Like I said, I feel like it's underrated. It's just like really growing on me over the years. I love kind of the showdown between Mikhail and, and Saeed and the and the crew there, and ping pong. You know, I I don't mind this flashback at all. And uh, yeah, I I don't have the list of Saeed episodes in front of me, but I think this could be my favorite Saeed episode. So, whoa. Yeah, it uh, could take. be. Could be. Anyways. Enter seven seven is. Uh, I'm going to give it a twenty three. Sorry, not a false alarm. This is too high, <laughs> Too high. Not a perfect score. Reading this backwards. I'm going to give it a twenty two out of twenty three bad job interviews. Nice, nice, nice.
3: All right, we got a we got a, a wide variety of scores here. <laughs> um, I'm coming in just a little bit under core. I, I gave this one a twenty one out of twenty three. Even though I do kind of I, I do probably look more poorly upon this flashback. Um, And that's, that's why I I knocked it down. The on Island stuff was great. I I mean, I really enjoyed Mikhail and and that whole, everything we found out up there at the, at the flame. And yeah, the, the, the ping pong game was great. So I really enjoyed everything about the episode. The flashback, it was definitely probably my least favorite side flashback, but yeah, it was short. It wasn't, Horrible and the scene the scene at the end was emotional, so it didn't knock it didn't knock my score down too bad. I gave it a twenty-one out of twenty-three.
1: Okay. All right. Uh well to end some things out here. Uh we didn't really have any unanswered questions. Um
3: I think the cat is an unanswered question. I don't know cat. how you word it, but I think the cat who <laughs> what's the deal with this cat? Should be an unanswered question. What happened to the cow? There you go. Yeah, they definitely should have come. They definitely should have come, come back up there and at least eaten the cows.
1: Or at least saw like 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 the bell hanging in a tree or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Uh but we did have some name dictionary. And It's probably some of the last name dictionary we're gonna have for a while because Sawyer lost ping pong. Um, but he called Hurley Grimace. He also called Hurley Avalanche. I <laughs> just I don't know why.
2: And they didn't rough ones. huh? He was, he was, he was kind of just dishing it out this time. Some oh, yeah. kind of rough, rough nicknames. So
1: two of my favorite ones that he calls people are coming up here. He calls Jin and Sun Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Uh, I thought that was Ooh, little sta- racist. It, little yeah, racist there. Little kind of <laughs> racist,
0: <laughs> right? <laughs>
1: little racist, but it was one of his. This is gonna sound I don't wanna say better racist comments. <laughs> that sounds bad too. Uh, <laughs> oh it was a popular called, movie
2: at the time, but
1: it know. was. Uh they called Paulo Zorro. Uh so a little racist. Uh, <laughs> but he ever but out of these groups, you think about it, he called Hurley Grimace and Avalanche, which really okay. Whatever, nobody really takes it to it. But the intended son, we understand. Crouching, targeting, and drowning, we get that. So out of this season, these were his better names, he called people. As racist as they were, they were. They were, yeah. So, uh, pop culture connections. We already mentioned Zorro, Zorro Sawyer, calls Paulo Zorro, which is uh, a fictional costume hero known for his Spanish heritage and f- sword fighting skills. Um uh, <laughs>
2: He does Paulo kind calls- of look like Soro, to be honest.
1: He you? does. He does. Uh he has his Paul- hair. Paulo calls Sawyer Hillbilly. A pejorative a term for people who live in remote rural areas and are supposedly ignorant. Um
3: he deserved he tried-
0: that. <laughs> he did.
3: It, it is um, nice when people throw one back at Sawyer occasionally. Redneck
2: guy.
1: <laughs> it is. It is. Uh Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon was the Chinese language martial arts film. Yeah. Um, Grimace, Sawyer calls Hurley Grimace the McDonald's restaurant mascot for their milkshakes known for his purple color and large size uh, I actually didn't know his name, that's cool uh, Avalanche, Sawyer calls Hurley Avalanche a super heavyweight professional wrestler from the 80s and 90s
3: Wait, wait a second, is Grimace uh, supposed to be a milkshake? Is that what Grimace is? I thought Grimace was just a random triangular shaped Muppet character I didn't know that's, it was supposed to be a milkshake.
1: That's what I thought, too. <laughs> but but he, he. Bosspedia
3: said it. It has to be true.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Sawyer calls Hurley the number one draft pick, referring to professional sports drafting. Um, and then Nadia Komenici, Uh The cat at the flame station is called Nadia. Uh, Nadia Elena Cominci was a famous Romanian gymnast who won five gold medals at the Olympics and the first to score a perfect 10 in olympic gymnastics in 1967 she joined a team called the flame
2: that's a good para- parallel there <laughs> that's a very good parallel well, that was really good all the flame and then in the end the whole thing goes up in flames too so yes so uh we, we- talked about explosions at the beginning this yeah It's there.
1: So we had some good nicknames this time that Sawyer was able to pull out. Then we had some crappy nicknames he was able to pull out. I still – I should have put up there the number one draft pick. That was by far the funniest one to me for some reason.
3: Uh (laughs) We also point out that Sun and Jen, not Chinese. Not Chinese at all.
0: (laughs) Yes, that's very true. But you know what, though? In Sawyer's
1: mind, to him, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Because unfortunately, (laughs) and, and, and he gets called out for it quite a bit. By the way, the, (laughs) the, the the look she gives or Jen, I think Jen's the one who came up with that, by the way, no nicknames. (laughs) And I think son and Jen's look on Tim was kind of uh, really, really good there. (laughs) That was good. So, well, Corey, what are we watching next time?
2: All right. Next episode is Par Avion. So, the rare Claire episode. Well, I guess so far we've had one per season, but maybe yeah. the last Claire. I think it's the last Claire episode dum, we ever have.
1: So. Squirrel baby.
2: Yeah, so this, I mean, that, that it's a Claire-ish episode in season six, but it's not, still not really a Claire episode, I think. Right.
3: I, I've been a little interested to rewatch this one, because this is kind of one of those, when you look back, you kind of think, ugh. And I, I, I'm, I'm hoping it's better than... than I remember it. Yeah, again, a lot of season three
2: people were like, All right, let's move the plot along, like let's 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 keep it going. And people would get upset with some of these episodes like Par Avion where the story is kinda of just focused on people hanging out at the beach. But there might be some good stuff in this. So I agree. We'll see. I mean it's got some Desmond, so I mean, how can how how bad could it be when there's desmond in it? Right. And we <laughs> That's get true. And we get Emo Claire, so that'll be interesting. Emo (laughs) Emo Claire. I love it. it. I think it's Uh, okay. It's not great, but it's okay. Yeah. So,
1: uh... With that being said, hey, guys, this has been uh, Previous on Lost, and uh, we've enjoyed talking about this episode, and um, and we hope you enjoyed it, too. If you liked it as well, let us know. Hey, and if you're out there in the world, let us know what your – Sawyer has gone through a ton of nicknames this sh- in this show so far. Let us know what your favorite nickname that he has called somebody is. Um, we also – we do understand that there are some stereotypical and some racist ones he calls people, um, but out of the nicknames he pulls from the hat, which one do you like? Uh, if you don't want to talk about that, hey, you're more welcome to talk about, do you like cats? Do you like Nadia as a cat name? Do you like dogs? Do you like cows? <laughs> Whatever you like, come talk to us <laughs> in Discord about all those things. Mr. So, Clean. <laughs> Mr. Clean. If you like chess, come tell us what move you would have made so you didn't look like an idiot like Locke. And have to play the computer multiple times. So, with that being said, it's been great. I'm Mike, that's Corey, and Steven. And until next time, we'll catch you on Previously on Lost. Peace out, everybody.
3: Later. Have a good one.